0: It's late on night on Wednesday night. So late, it's, it's hard to use words. Yeah, words hard. So apparently, is finishing clear cut chances mm. um, and holding on to a one all result, a, a one all scoreline at half time. A, a very very frustrating performance from Ole's late substituting Reds.
1: Quite quite a lot of um, yes, quite a lot of frustration in this game. Um. The two big ones, of course, I mean like first, United didn't take the chances that we had. Cavani's one that hit the bar. You can call that a chance, although it's uh it's 20.24 20, XG according to Infogol. I wonder whether that's post- two. I know, I couldn't believe it when I looked at that. I was like, is that post-shot they're showing us there rather than um pre-shot? But uh and then Martial's the obvious one being Martial's chance uh it was just huge huge and uh, just a, such a hammer blow not to not to score that one at that particular time so the players have missed their chance really the, the real pressure of course is not losing at home to Paris Saint-Germain who were last year's finalists the real pressure was losing away to Istanbul who yeah, that their are only yeah, yeah. points in the group so far um and then and then two big mistakes i think from Oli. one was the obvious one of not replacing fred you know especially when there were three central midfielders on the bench and there are five subs in the Champions League. It's criminal really. And just because it's awful. like you know it's um we can debate whether the uh, the brush of temples should be a red card or not. Um but the amount of fuss that was made, it was obvious that the next tackle was going to be yellow. I mean he got the ball as a follow through. Um so there's an argument about whether it would have been a yellow whenever and in any circumstances Mm -hmm. you know probably with most refs but not all Uh, but but I think even the slightest brush you know after he'd had another chance in that first half the next one was going to be a red Uh,
0: and he just exactly
1: asking for trouble
0: and the thing that's mad is absolutely everyone watching that game knew that this was going to happen like this is this was not like I don't know a single United fan that didn't think Fred should come off at half time. No, that's right. Well, not in least that game. because you'd probably said that in any game, but against a Paris Saint Germain
1: side who've let's be honest got a few like to fall on the ground. Exactly, they are dive FC. So uh, and Parades. I mean, in the end, it wasn't him. It didn't clatter Parades, did he? Um, to get the 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 fatal yellow. Um, but uh, oh. Right. It was Ander, yeah. To add insult to injury. Yeah. And Ander and, and who uh, did a bit of um late in the game and rolled around after the barest minimum of brushes from uh, Donny van der But
0: uh, Yeah, but you know he'd have made a really over exaggerated muted celebration if he'd scored though, don't you? Yeah, don't
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah humble a brag of a sausage. celebration, yeah. yeah. Um anyway, so I mean, um so those are the big highlights, I suppose, but but it, it it's you know, it was it was the details that really mattered, and and the detail of you know Ollie not changing Fred, and and then waiting so long to make substitutions, and and just didn't react Awful. very quickly to to Paris Saint Saint-Germain, Germain's changes. I just call them PSG from now on, shall I? Um, it's late, folks. Uh, just w- waited so long to react to those changes, and that kind of started to change the flow of the game. I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, absolutely. Because the I mean, in the first half, they were kind of on top um, and we did well to get back into it, I thought. Um, I mean, Rashford, very lucky, had a terrible game, was injured, scored a goal by bouncing it off someone as a reward for his good deeds. Um, there was the Martial miss, which was just oh, so bad. Then there was the Cavani chip and the Martial... I mean, it was well blocked by, I think, Kimpembe, Um in the aftermath of that, but you could argue that he should have hit that somewhere where it couldn't be blocked. Um, uh, There was the one where Bruno was through late on and didn't and tried to pass it for some reason, even though he was like, he had such a good shooting opportunity. It was really bad. I think Bruno had a bad game all round actually. Um, But anyway, they scored um, and were really on top for a bit after they scored uh do you think Dave should have done better at the near post? Or is that? I think, just... he's, I think
1: he's been surprised, honestly, that he's yeah, has right. into the near post. So yeah, I mean sure he can protect his near post and then the far post is open and the and yeah. pass yeah. across which he's you know obviously yeah. sort of anticipating. So um I, I think that one's not on him. Um there's yeah, there's there's more players to blame than than Dave uh, for this Oh, yeah, loss. I'm not really
0: looking for blame. I'm just trying to... I just don't have a clear idea myself of what you're meant to do in that situation. Goalkeeping always mm-hmm. looks really hard. Um, I mean, it, it, I thought it was offside because I thought Mois King was offside and how was kind of clearly interfering with play because Neymar was using him as a screen. But actually, the whole United defence just got caught short. Yeah. Cavani and... Um, Wan-Bissaka both standing out of line and, and it was simple, really simple for PSG, that goal in the end. Nice finish. Really, and,
1: and actually Wan-Bissaka got himself out of position a couple of times in this this game with the overload. Neymar and Mbappe tend to drift to the same side of the pitch uh, and they got You know, he got himself in trouble quite a bit or could have been helped out
0: um well exactly like is is that really on wan or is that actually the system is set up in such a way that it's like if Lindelof isn't covering for him which oh god honestly I'm in my head I've got a little a little agenda a little Lind, Lindelof agenda a little agenda loft building um but uh anyway um that's uh I think I wonder whether it's systemic as much as anything and he's got Rashford ahead of him on the right as well not that he isn't hard working obviously but
1: Yeah I mean true yes I mean Wan-Bissaka just gets sucked into the middle of play a fair bit he's a young defender and uh, we can uh, you know there are worse defenders in the United squad than Wan-Bissaka let's just put it like that because
0: uh, it's all of them it's
1: all of them <laughs> yeah um, and this wasn't a game, although United have shipped um, three goals, it wasn't a game for atrocious defending. That that happened in Ist- Istanbul. Um, this was a game when United didn't take chances at key moment that could have shifted the game. Yeah. Um, and Paris didn't either, by the way. I mean, you know, they've ended up winning three XG here. They create a lot of good chances, although perhaps the Marquinhos one is going... Um, Going as a really good chance when it's not really is it? He just can't get himself high enough.
0: Um, The um, I I actually thought um, we were totally battering them before the red card because we were just absolutely all over them for a period of time in that second half. Just. Just completely, brief just looks by far the most likely. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, like, no, certainly. 20 minutes,
0: something like that, 15, yeah, 15 20 minutes, perhaps. really on top. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, def- definitely more in control of uh, what we were doing than in the first half. So, like, you mentioned the red card. Let- let's talk about the incident in the first half because um, <laughs> you, we, you, you and I watch it on different channels, um, uh, but uh, all the pundits, uh, including Roberto Martinez, who's in the CBS studio, um, was of the opinion, this is definitely a red card, it's obvious. And and I was like, mm, I, I'm sure this is not the true. I'm sure it's like a, one of those truisms in football that if there's any contact yeah. with the head, it's uh, definitely a red card. It's, I was like, I just don't believe this. So I checked on the um, IFAB laws, the FIFA laws and the FA laws, which are all the same laws of the game, by the way. They just have different notes and interpretation on uh, it doesn't say anything like that at all. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a there's a get out um, for uh, when there's negligible force, and I think this is the perfect example uh, on which you can use the word negligible force. <laughs> yeah, mean, exactly. You know, maybe they
0: brushed their eyebrows, but that was about it. I loved the, everything about that moment. It's like one of the great moments in Champions League history for me. That. The the ref goes over to the thing and everyone knows exactly what's going to happen, right? The commentators are so sure. We're all thinking, oh God, this is, Paredes has absolutely had the wool over his eyes. And when the ref ran up and just brandished, casually brand, like looked at the screen for a split second, has clearly gone, Come on. It's like, all right, well, I guess i got to book him. For a second, I thought he'd book Paredes, which would have been, which which would would have been absolutely well, look, I do, I do think he should that have done, by this the way.
1: truism in football is not right, right? That is not, you know, you can go in and um, hammer the ball and the player and, and everyone will go, oh, he got the ball, you know? It's, and, and it can be incredibly dangerous and they've cleaned up that part of the laws for good reason, right, so we don't, get players kicked out of games like uh, used to happen. Um, but but this area uh, where anything in, in the face is supposedly a red card, and I think a lot of referees see it like that as well. Look at Martial's red earlier this season. I mean, there wasn't much in that when Lamella hit the floor. Um, and and, and I, th- I think the wording on this one was changed as well to add the negligible force get out. I think for this kind of reason... Um, I don't know for sure, yeah, but I'm just assuming it's to give the ref an out when a player's diving for no reason.
0: And that's the thing like Paredes, Fred shouldn't have done what he did, obviously, but Paredes has made it look like he was headbutted when he was in no yeah. way headbutted. Well, he was well the advantage should he not be to the player he saws
1: on the floor first in a coming together of heads.
0: Not exactly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was stupid. And the second one wasn't even a foul. Like, the follow-through isn't a foul in, in that one. And, and in fact, the follow-through only hits him because the PSG player clatters into where his leg is. I mean... Yeah, it's, I mean, pro-
1: probably worse in the first half when he, he caught... Who did he catch on the ankle? Was it Neymar after that? He... he they were No, it wasn't Neymar. They were both going in and... Uh, maybe, oh, it was Paredes, actually. It was Paredes again. Paredes mm-hmm. got booked for not being in control, which was, I think, fair. But then Fred... Goes over the top of the ball and catches him on the ankle. That could have been a yellow for both of
0: them. McTominay with the little uh, with the little, Oh no, I didn't know his leg was there on Neymar. Yeah, yeah. Like as if when you feel the guy's leg under you, you don't immediately know whether to put your well, weight well, down. He hasn't got st- four
1: cents, you know. You just... <laughs> <laughs> the aura coming off Neymar. Yeah. Oh, I can <laughs> feel a bit of pressure there. No, he should have gone down harder.
0: Um, you know, you get back into it through Rashford and, and I kind of was really optimistic for a lot of that second half. I thought we were, and you know, we we did create fantastic chances and um, I'd love to see the kind of pre and post uh, Red Card XG on this game. Because um, it, it very much felt like that, that was the thing that the game hinged on and then it was all over basically and, and so frustrating. And it leaves us in a position where... Now we need to draw against Leipzig, which is exactly what we talked about on the podcast on Monday, which was we really don't want to... I mean, it's a lot of pressure. Now, if you had said at the very beginning of this group stage, when we got drawn with Leipzig and PSG in the same group, okay, you'll be going into match day six or whatever they call it with only needing a draw against Leipzig, I'm sure everyone would have been like, oh, that's amazing. But once you win those first two games against Leipzig and PSG, the fact that we've made it difficult for ourselves is very, very frustrating, and of course now impossible for us to top the group.
1: Well, not, well, not not quite. Oh, unless uh, unless Istanbul beat Paris, a, a miracle in Paris, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um which is, seems unlikely. So, so yeah, look, it's the huge risk here because I, I know United put five past them in in uh, in that second game in the group, but they actually gave us the runaround for the first half of that match. I mean, this is a good side. They. They were quite unlucky to lose in Paris. You know, they had a long period of that game where they were on top, uh, and and they're a good side. You know, they lost Timo Werner, but they've got the uh, the the core of their squad still there. This is still you know mostly the team that made a, the the uh, semi-finals, the semi-finals, quarter-final of the Champions League last season. Uh, Semi, I yeah, think, because so it was it, PSG yeah.
0: versus Leipzig.
1: Right, that. that's right. So. So they're a good team. They could cause us trouble, especially if it's, you know, it's one of our off nights. Or if uh, we go there with a fairly conservative mindset and and cede all the sort of possession, territory and momentum to a Leipzig side who pushed relentlessly when in front and when on top, a bit like, you know, the Leeds side in um, in the Premier League.
0: Yeah, I mean, they beat... Paris as well, didn't they? You know, so they they beat them in that they they obviously were quite unlucky not to win in Paris, but they came back from losing to us by beating Paris, right, which is right. fairly impressive. So they're and, a good
1: side, and uh... I
0: mean they they were they are also vulnerable, as evidenced by the fact that Istanbul put three past them today. Um, so you know that that's clearly clearly a thing. Although in the Bundesliga, where um, Bayern are top, uh, having conceded. 13 goals Leipzig a second having conceded six so the fact that they put we put five past them and Istanbul put three past them it sort of seems quite freakish compared to what's going on in uh in domestic football but you know that they're in they're in really good form domestically they'll be absolutely desperate absolutely desperate to win this game because it is massive for them, and it means. I mean, you know, it's just as big for them as it is for us. Sure, and there's no way they're going to look at United and think, "Oh, they beat us five one. They're they're so good." Like, not, no, no chance. Yeah.
1: Anyway, let's. Um, when we come to Sunday show, we'll, uh, well, the Sunday record, we'll we'll look back on um on Leipzig's weekend game and see how they've done. Because United united have got a interesting game at the weekend as well. We'll we'll come to that in a bit, I guess. Um, at, at way at. Uh, David Moyes'
0: high flying West Ham. Yeah, oh no. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about Ole then. Yeah. Um what did you think of the decision to play 4-2-3-1 with Fred and McTominay?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, holding. I was um I'm ne- never really surprised if if Ollie goes back to his stock and that feels like the safe bet uh formation mm. and and midfield. Double pivot that he seems to be most comfortable with, um and you can make an argument for that, you know, given the kind of s- solid base. What it does do is is it doesn't really allow United to control the possession of the ball, um, mm-hmm. and and maybe there's maybe there's a feeling that uh, United would never have done that, but you know, mm. not having Pogba or, or perhaps Van der Beek in there um definitely means there's a, a you know. A, a more limited range of passing in midfield, for sure. And then the other thing to say is, I mean, Pogba was probably never going to start because he's just come back from this ankle injury, um, although apparently uh, you know, knocking on the manager's door, demanding to to be given a go. But Van de Beek's been excellent in the last two games, so he can certainly count himself unlucky because yeah. put, his performances were good enough to merit a place in the side.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I thought, you know, people got quite excited about the front four In this game, and I I understand why. And I was also fairly excited about seeing that front four together. But I did think who is going to get them the ball? Because, like, first of all, the ball's going to, everything's going to come into Bruno. And I actually, I think we are nowhere near at our best when everything has to go through Bruno. No, you want multiple options. Yeah.
1: I mean, look, on paper that's very exciting, isn't it? But Martial doesn't really like playing off the left. I think he wants to play through the middle. And Rashford definitely doesn't like playing off the right, although he's had good games there, but he wants to play on the left so he can cut in on. Um, you know, so it's dangerous both ways, right? He knows the defender knows that if he cuts in, he's giving a shooting, shooting opportunity away, and Rashford can go on the outside, right? So he's he's got more tools in the locker if he's on the left than the right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, but that and that's that's just the structural problem within the front four. What I'm saying is, playing that back six and that front four right. is a massive not problem enough because... passing
1: range to get the ball to them in dangerous places. Yeah.
0: Um, but what I was specifically want to talk about is when everything goes through Bruno. This is when he is at his worst. This is when every single ball has to be like Bruno. Bruno is a walking meme. Like he is like I am not interested unless it is magnificent. And and you know there was there was even one where he had a player. Right and left of him, and he tried a slide rule pass through the legs to the player to the right of him. Yeah, yeah. and it was just, yeah. it was just not, it was not the never option on, to take- It He's never
1: on to Rashford, and he played it with the outside of his boot, trying to thread the needle. Yeah, yeah, no, no, look, I agree with you. And, um, he's not, uh, I mean, he's, he's obviously a very modern number 10, he's uh, an extreme in, in terms of how he plays the game. Uh, but he's not really a player for controlling the tempo
0: of a game because it's always forward, 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 right? Which which is brilliant if you've got van der Beek in midfield because then you've got somebody who can allow him to take more risks and, you know, make more moves and do more stuff. But when when he is the only person who's going to find the forwards play breaks down just way 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 too often because it's either breaking down through McTominay or it's breaking down through Fred or Bruno's either going to score create a world-class assist or give the ball away and not in not in thirds equal measure those things so you know it, it structurally that that was a big risk and then I mean, we talked about the Fred thing at the top of the show. This is a this is one of the single biggest mistakes Sasha has made at any point in his United career. This is a completely negligent, obvious, utterly baffling mistake to make because yeah. when I'm- everyone can see it, it's not it's not. Um, like if every single person that cares that watches football agrees what you should do and you don't do it that's not because you're so stupid you can't see a thing that everyone else can see it's some other reason he's not made that decision well, well I think he
1: really trusts Fred he's come to really trust him I mean he's he started 11 out of the last 12 games has Fred and he really trusts that 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 pivot in midfield because there wasn't there isn't a like for like I mean Nemanja Matic could have come come on but um having uh, Neymar and Mbappe and others running at you it's not exactly Matic's forte and so I think he likes the fact that Fred has got that energy and gets about the pitch and so has McTominay and it gives him a sort of protective shield in front of the the somewhat flaky um back four I mean you know I look I, I've had to go at, um just a slight tangent I had a you know, I think we've been fairly critical of Maguire um, during his time at United. You know, he, he's blown hot and cold. There's been periods where he's made some really bad mistakes. He's been good in the last month, I think, hasn't he? In the last sort of four or five games, he's, he's had a very good run of it. And it looks like Lindelof is the weak link. But as a pair, I don't half feel a lot of the time that there is opportunities around them, you know, especially when you can move them. Uh, because neither is that mobile.
0: I mean, the amount of times that the overlap on the left worked with the fullback Neymar and Mbappe, it was, you know, they, they just had the ball in space out there a lot. But I, I, I do think, I understand, I, I think everything you've just said is a good reason to pick Fred at the beginning of the game. It's not, none of it's a good enough reason to, to keep him on the pitch because however much you trust him, he's not a miracle worker. Um, well, Pastor Fred maybe, maybe he is a little bit... Um, it's certainly in his social circle; he's uh, made some impact, let's just say. Um, but the uh, to expect him not to get sent off in a game against PSG—that you know, the absolute red card magnets—it it was, it was, a, it was a horrible, horrible, horrible decision. And I completely agree as well. He didn't react quickly enough. I thought it was weird when he took Cavani off as well. I mean, I know we've got, a, we've got to save Cavani, and maybe he was blown a bit. But the fact is 3-1 didn't matter. So you could just go completely gung-ho at that point. Because um, a, a draw was, you know, losing by a couple more goals wouldn't have really done anything. But but a draw was invaluable. So I, I thought he left it a bit late to go really gung-ho. And it felt like he only sort of clocked at the end. Oh, wait a minute. It doesn't really matter. And put a galo on. Um, there's yeah, a Hail Mary move in for In the you. 90th minute. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, mean, weird, all the subs
1: just... came after 74 minutes. So, I mean, it's... Uh...
0: It's so weird. And, and you know, he, he was so like the first game against PSG in this group was, I think, Ole's finest moment as a United manager in a lot of ways, because it was a game where everything that he did turned to gold really. And he got the the starting lineup right and played Twanzeba. who played absolutely brilliantly. Twanseba hadn't really played at that point. He made the shift to four, two, three, one in the middle of that game, which made a absolutely enormous difference to the balance of play. and and, you know, there was one other thing, I can't remember what it was, that went well. So that was brilliant. This was absolutely terrible. And, and maybe he'll learn from this, because this, this is the thing, Solskjaer, we have to see not just Solskjaer's United as a work in progress, but Solskjaer, the manager, as a work in progress. Because if this is his top level, then we should bin him off today. You know, if, if he's if he's the finished article of what he's going to be as a manager, this, make the call, love you, sorry, do you want a statue? You're welcome to one. <laughs> We're going to give the job to Maurizio Pochettino. Well, well that's you what know, they did that's... to Fergie when they wanted to bin him off.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not, you know, well, Ollie deserves it for his exploits in uh, Camp Nou in 1999. Yeah, not, exactly. Not necessarily as a manager. Kind of... yeah. I mean, look, he's not an inexperienced manager. I think this is his seventh sure. season as a manager. Of course, he's inexperienced at champions league and premier league level
0: yeah and he wouldn't have been allowed to get the job under the new he would not regulation so could you quickly run us through what this very very absolutely super, super idiot country yeah so basically Hold on, let me just let me just preamble this in the way that i want okay, to go for it could you just present us with what this absolutely idiotic country is doing to itself
1: yes yes well um um since we're laying on the uh the uh the politics here just just briefly i'll I'll come to the uh the new rules um the new vaccine was approved in the uk today hooray um looks like i won't be in the country for it boo maybe i've already got one already yay um and uh and the health secretary matt hancock took credit for it and said it couldn't have happened um if we hadn't um uh gone for brexit uh Somewhat ironically, this was actually approved under European regulatory frameworks. And of course, it's uh, BioNTech, a German company um, who developed the vaccine and that was funded by the European Union. Anyway, some irony. Um, and we get to the post-Brexit rule. So generally the first uh, you know, the transition period is over um, and there'll be new rules. And it's basically going to be a uh, level playing field, whether in Europe or anywhere else. Right, so um, so there won't be sort of uh, two tiers as we've uh, had, and and it's basically going to be a point system based on how many caps the players got, um, either uh, at youth under twenty one or senior international level, the quality of the league, um, and I don't think they've published the methodology on like whose rankings it is and the quality of the team within that league um and so one of the reasons and that's you know all fairly simple and maybe we'll get some more transparency on it as time goes by um and one of the reasons why Ollie wouldn't have got the job is Norway's out that outside of that top 33 league uh, uh, 33 leagues so he'd have needed an exception
0: which he might well have got anyway who knows yeah cuz uh, somebody would have shown them a picture of the new camp and gone look this is the reason we're giving him the job surely this counts as an exception anyway um Yes. I make no apologies, by the way, for saying what this idiotic country has done to itself, oh, because sure. that's like, that's absolutely how I feel well, about I the mean, situation. Well, I mean, since
1: you know, one, one, um, one more thing, which is interesting. So so um, the pandemic has obviously been absolutely devastating to the UK economy. You don't need to dig very far to look at the, you know, how tragic it's been, um, Brexit as the bank of england uh, recently just said is likely to be even more damaging it's damaging to different parts of the economy as well um which is you know tragic and devastating for the people whose livelihoods are going to be put at threat anyway shall we move on to um more uh, yeah, more let's, more let's, more let's... sound topics of joy stick and with, mirth
0: stick stick with um uh, topics that will be highly divisive. Um, hey, by the way, shout out, massive shout out to everyone sharing with us their Spotify wrapped end of the year. Sina, honestly, I can't tell you how lovely it is to get those screenshots where it's like we're their most listened to podcast of the year on Spotify. Like that, I, there's something about that. There's somebody said, oh, I feel bad for listening on Apple Podcasts. Like, no, 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 that's not the point at all. It's just like... I've always liked kind of end of the year lists and you know all that sort of thing. It's always been something I've loved. So to be a part of that for people, it's just it's just unbelievable. And seeing the company of some of the the podcasts, like the good taste that people have um, that that listen to our show, it's it it just means it means absolutely the world. Does, so some of you a
1: lot weirdos about... listen to an awful lot of us prattling on. I mean,
0: really,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and lot, if you think what
0: you could have done with those hours. <laughs> You could be if you're much more productive. If you're listening while you're asleep, remember you can achieve anything you put your mind to. <laughs>
1: there was a there was a similar sort of thing going around, obviously not real, but uh, um, someone uh, wrote, "I don't think I like the look of my LinkedIn rap this year," and the uh, uh, and it says underneath, "You have applied for 547 jobs. You were rejected <laughs> for them all." <laughs>
0: Did that by any reason, but in, in any way sting Ed? Did a little bit, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you want more from the show in between shows, check us out on the socials. We are NQATPod on Instagram, Ed at NQATPod on Twitter, and we are under our real names on Facebook at No Question About That. The, so, yeah, I wanted to say that because we're about to talk about all the stuff that makes people not listen to us, but there are people that are glad that we do this stuff. So, after the game, Edison Cavani's absolute heroics against um, Southampton, he posted uh, an Instagram post, which I don't think I'm going to quote verbatim, but you can go, because I don't really like the sound of that word coming out of my mouth. You can go and look up what he said if you don't know. It's not um, the real, 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 real bad words in the in the way that you might think a word I'm not going to say would be, but, it, but it, it's a word with racial connotations. Essentially, he said what uh, Luis Suarez claimed... He said to Patrice Everett, it's been reported in more than one place that this is what uh, Luis Suarez said to Patrice Everett, which is absolutely, well, which uh, the FA decided on the balance of probability. It absolutely was not what Patrice, what Luis 111 said to Patrice pages Ever. of balance of
1: probability, by the way. Yeah, Great yeah. amount of detail. I remember reading all of that. All yeah. of that tragic book of, yeah. Anyway, yes. Go, continue,
0: so, continue. Yeah, so... Cavani has apologised for this, um, deleted the post, apologised for it in a way that felt heartfelt to me because this is a word which I don't think it's necessarily our place to have a debate about um, whether this word. I mean, you, you described it as primo face, prima facie, prima facie offensive, which I think there's a very solid argument for. I mean, it hits my ears a thousand kinds of wrong and feels kind of sickening to me, because it's a racially loaded word. But you absolutely also have to understand the context of intent. So if he gets a ban from the FA for this, I will think that is completely fair enough because he's been in Europe for a very long time. Anyway, he is operating under different conditions. And if it's decided that that's a violation of what he should be doing, then, then I don't think... Well, there will obviously be a lot of United fans who object, but those people just don't like thinking um it, it, it's a completely reasonable thing if he gets a ban for mm. it i definitely think comparing it with suarez is unbelievably yeah, bad yeah faith. we should like, take that off the, there is
1: bad faith we should take that off the table let's we don't need to relitigate that they're the apples and oranges it's different sports it's not the same thing and the only reason they're comparing is because they're both uruguayan i think um,
0: well, and and, and, and it's a similar the, sounding the get, word, you know? This is the get out clause that Suarez tried yeah. to use, right? So,
1: um, look, the reason why I called it, um, uh, and you can go and look at my Twitter thread if you're interested to see what I said um, and do agree with everything I wrote there and all the conversation I had with people underneath and I tried to be extremely polite because there were lots of different opinions, ranging from you uh, libtard cuck Really?
0: Did you get an actual one of those? I didn't,
1: but, you know, it was in the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, uh, I feel like we should save those for when they actually happen, because they um, do actually happen. (laughs) To uh, what I
1: felt were some bad faith arguments uh, calling me a cultural imperialist, which I understand the direction of travel, where that sentiment has come from, I just don't agree with the analysis um, for policing someone else's language. And the reason why I don't agree with that analysis is people locally object to this, right? So this is not me, Ed, white, British, middle-aged, with all my privileges, saying you, Edison Convani cannot say a thing that you think is perfectly acceptable. This is local people saying, no, no, the reason why this is offensive is because of its historical roots, which are wrapped up in 300 years of slavery uh, in Latin America. Um, and, and look, I don't have to take my word for it. Lots of you will just uh, disagree with that um, on, on just, you know, initial reaction. Go read. There are, there are scholars out there who've written about it. You know, one, race is politically constructed. It's not a real thing. And in some Latin, Latin American countries, if you want to know why it's so not a real thing, they had 16 different racial categories. Yeah, this is just made up, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, and it's used to subjugate and oppress people. And secondly, language Throughout history has been used to subjugate and oppress people. Right? Um think of it and I'm going to I, I, I understand of people want to push back against this particular example, but it's in the ballpark, I think. Um the way language is used in the southern states uh, under Jim Crow laws, you know, white people calling uh, black people boy to infantilize them, you know? Yeah. And and this is why People locally object to this phrase being used and want it to be phased, phased out. And I, I think that's why it's bad, right? Not because it's used and we're all being, you know, libtards about it and we're just one looking for something to be offended. You know, there, it, this is this is deeply troubling roots and uh, we would all be better if we didn't other, you know, people of different colour. And, and so in, in Uruguay, it's 93% white right so you very much are othering people of color
0: yeah no absolutely and 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 i think that the cultural imperialist argument is a complex one and i do think it's one which you have to consider the the fact that you know perspectives on uh, language use and all these kinds of things are you know they're cult- they're informed by culture and like i said to me like i can't even bring myself to say this word out loud because it it feels absolutely awful Mm. (laughs) like it just it just feels awful to me now i think that you could make a much stronger well i'm going to bring up suarez again because i really i do think it's really important that the reason we're saying this is apples and origins orange origin oranges is incredibly clear and that is that suarez was uh well, on the balance of probability, based on a hundred and eleven page report, racially abusing someone like attacking them on the basis of their color and Cavani was using a pet name for a mate like these are these are totally different things, yeah. and th- that the 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 debate around the the word in uruguay is that is a debate that is being had clearly, and anyway, my overall feeling about this is it doesn't make me feel. Honestly, to be just completely honest, it doesn't make me feel worse about Edinson Cavani in particular. I think I still probably feel about this, you know, he's just living his life and probably not thinking about things. It would be great if he did think about things. And his apology was a bit like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry that I could possibly have been offensive with this. I would never have looked. He's my friend. I love him, which is a bit like, you know, whatever. Yep. But you also need to think and he's probably not going to think And that's that is what it is. But I think, I think within the grounds of um, the FA's approach, I think I think it is, I, I could completely understand how if he got banned and I could also, I'm not sure I would, I don't know about this, I haven't really thought about this carefully, but I'm not sure if I would be wildly outraged if he wasn't. But I'd be also happy to hear from people who would have a strong feeling that no, this is actually something that should be taken really seriously. Yeah, I mean,
1: I do think this has to be taken seriously. And the reason why the FA's got a new code is to, Try and take some of the subjectivity out of it. Now, um, his defence will be a mitigation rather than... A, like, you, if you're speeding and you go 33 miles an hour in a 30 zone, you're going to get a ticket and then you can go, but my mother was really ill and I had to get her to hospital, right? Please let me off, mm. right? And I think this the arguments are about mitigation rather than have you broken the code because clearly he has broken the code. You know, right. he he's used know. A, a a racial term. he's used a racial term. I in in in, um, in social media. Now, personally, I, I don't really think that necessi- necessitates. It's late, folks. Um, uh, some kind of heavy handed ban, because I think this should be a teachable moment. So, if he changes his behaviour after this and thinks about it, I don't know if he will, then it's kind of solved. Served its purpose in a way. Other people yeah. might have different views. Troy Deeney, for example, said it should be a really long ban in order to, you know, make an example of this kind of language, which mm. shouldn't, you know, it's Troy Deeney, so.
0: Yeah, and and listen, if, if, there, if there's people that feel very strongly in that direction, I'm definitely going to listen because what does my experience know about this? I mean, li- absolutely nothing, right. not only being white, but also being... Growing up here and I've lived other places than here, but I've never lived in South America. So I have no idea if the kind of, oh, it's fine in Uruguay is, well, it's fine in Uruguay because Uruguay is 93% white and no one's ever kind of like, you know, the fight hasn't been won yet by the people going, this is absolutely not fine in Uruguay, which is kind of, I think, some of what you've said and some of the writing that you've pointed me to. so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he. He. I guess we don't know yet, but he will get a ban, right? That is, that's surely going to happen. Or is? It I mean, not I
1: think certain? on the balance of probabilities, it seems likely. Um, yeah. But, but we'll see. Um, I. I don't think they don't do the super fast hearings for this kind of incident. Um, right. So it could take a few weeks.
0: Right. Okay. Well, it, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a downer, wasn't it? After after the goal. Oh God, I yeah. Um, yeah. But but
1: I, you know, I don't think we'd be true to ourselves having you know talked all the way through the Suarez Everett incident. Um, oh no. And, uh, you know, we wouldn't be true to ourselves if we kind of brushed it off. And oh, uh, you know,
0: that we never we never would have done that ever. We'll never do that ever, just because it's a United player. Like, I mean, I couldn't be less bothered about the tribal aspect of this in any way like it's you're just going to take the case on its merits right yeah. that's that's this is a different case but it, it definitely has it definitely warrants discussion and and yeah talking of warranting discussion though no? yeah oh, i was just no. thinking
1: you know if you're, if you're gonna reserve some hateful language for someone david Moyes is your man <laughs> david Moyes. just does not abuse bet. his scottish heritage
0: uh, That's a better a better transition than I was gonna manage. Um, they're f- absolutely crushing it, right? <laughs> West Ham are playing. F- they playing well. They weren't very good the other night when they beat uh, Villa. I think they beat Villa. Um, yes, they, they scraped. Be, they scraped
1: home against Villa. Rather fortuitous. Well, a missed penalty and a very narrow offside call.
0: Yeah. And like. Ander Herrera and Angel Di Maria came back today, and David Moyes is coming back. Jose Mourinho came back and beat us six-one. Like what's like? I don't like this season. What's Louis Van Gaal up to? Is he waiting, waiting in the waiting in the woods, trying to jump out?
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's still in retirement, I'd say. Uh, inter- interesting. Um, Rooney on the the United pod saying that uh, he would have given Louis Van Gaal an extra season and thought the the team was in heading in the right direction um boys geez i mean yeah he's got west Ham playing all right and and um it looks like they're not going to be pure relegation fodder i mean it's still reasonably early in the season so it's time for it to all go tits up still um but uh yeah they've they've got some good results uh where are they in the table are you just looking at the table
0: there uh, no, I wasn't, uh, sorry. I can't I remember where thinking. they
1: are. Somewhere near mid-table or maybe even... Are they ab- above us in the table or not?
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah, they, yeah. they 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 above us in the table. I think they are fifth in the table. Right, right. Yes, they, they are. Um, they're only a point ahead of us. And this is an absolutely astronomical game for United. Like, a win makes... It just makes all the difference in the world. If everyone above us loses, we'll go third if we win this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's unlikely to happen,
0: but... Yeah, a little, little um, unlikely to happen. You know, but, yeah,
1: you know, for all the inconsistency this season, United are only five points off the top with a game in hand.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and, and But just got to build some momentum. It's just not... I mean, four games, uh, one on the trot before this. Everton, West Brom, uh, Istanbul, and then whoever we beat the weekend, Southampton, right? So you're thinking, oh, build some momentum uh yeah played well at everton not so well against west brom um uh, yeah and a very good comeback uh, after a messy first half at southampton um but then lose tonight and it just don't ever seem to be able to, to um, um pick up uh, real momentum but you know maybe that's true of most of the league uh, at the moment uh, and that's why united despite those that thrashing against spurs and despite um uh, having lost uh, 3 times in the league uh, are only you know could could only could end the, the the weekend only 2 points off the top.
0: Yeah so West Ham's position um in the league is relatively close to where they'd be at um according to understats expected points table so they're not wildly outperforming expectations in in that regard. Um Jared Bowen and Michael Antonio might be injured, he missed Michael Antonio did he is he still injured do you know? Um that that's a that's a fairly crucial one. Um given given how important he's been to them. Um have you got a way of looking that up easily Ed?
1: No, I mean if you go and check on physio room, they'll have a they have the the list of injuries, but yeah, no, I guess we'll know nearer nearer the time. I mean he he uh, certainly has the um uh technique and and movement and pace to give Maguire and Lindelof some trouble for sure. Uh, but I don't know whether he's going to be available, you know. Hey, may, maybe we'll
0: get lucky. Uh is out from COVID. So he, he came off the, at half time against
1: Villa, that's right.
0: Right. So Yarmolenko is yeah. the only player listed on Physio room as being unavailable okay. for um so. and I guess we're going to be without Rashford. Um which I like suppose means yeah. Martial left, Cavani central, Greenwood right, Fernandez behind them. I wonder if he goes back to the diamond. I mean, this is away at West Ham, technically, which should be good news for United, given that we could continue our weird record, literal all-time Manchester United best away run we've ever been on. I mean... It'd be, it'd be interesting whether... to see
1: if Cavani starts. I mean, he, he might not. I mean, with the the RB Leipzig game coming up in midweek... Um, uh, I mean, and if Antonio's out, is it Aller? I suppose it's going to be Aller, who's got an absolute belter the other day. I mean, he's been rubbish, 40-odd million, uh, and he's been pretty rubbish for West Ham, but um, uh, banged on in the top corner. But they've had they've had some players who've done really well. I mean, Rice maturing as a player, Suchek's been excellent. Um, Jared Bowen has, you know, for a player who came out of the Championship, has done really well, bit better than uh, our player at the Championship, I would argue, <laughs> oh, poor little Daniel poor, James! Poor
0: old Dan James.
1: Um, Sad. So you know they, that that's the reason why they they've done all right this season because their their key players are playing good football.
0: Yeah, um, weirdly, their most creative player so far this season has been Arthur Masuku, um, the defender um, who uh, has left back. The, right. Left back, yeah, yeah, because they've gone to his back three
1: at times, haven't they? And and Cresswell's gone into the left side of the back three. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the the few times I've seen Masooko, he's looked really good. He's, yeah, he's looked to find so,
0: yeah. Um, it's uh Saeed Benarama, who they signed really late on from Brentford stats is Brentford, yeah. Um, which is you know, he's a super interesting player, and you know, they've got lots of interesting, creative attacking players now and also Moise has got them playing very sort of functional Moisey type football that's clearly working for them you know um and uh yeah so I guess they'll play a back three um because they've they hit they they do seem to be playing a back three almost every game at yeah. the moment and there I will um
1: there'll be fans there there'll be 2,000 fans there
0: of course yeah of course oh well that's that's great it's 2,000 West Ham fans are just going to be slagging West Ham off all the way through the <laughs> game. It. How long does it take them to start cheering the team? <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll absolutely crumble. I mean, oh, I was going to
1: get teams in the, uh, fans in the Emirates uh, as well, because London's <laughs> in tier two. I was like, that's not going to help them <laughs> Not the
0: run they're I on. Mean, genuinely, I know it's only 2,000 people, but the imagine the motivation for those players to do well. To have people watching them knowing that they've had people watching them all the way through this on telly and like been so behind them. And, you know, I was thinking about like the reception that Cavani's gonna get at Old Trafford. Bruno, you know, these players who've really well, Cavani obviously signed during all this, and Bruno's really become Bruno during all of this too. Not that he didn't have a good start, because he did, but um, and he was obviously already loved by the fans. But yeah, this is this big, big motivation for West Ham. So, um, Yeah, I'm worried about this one. I mean, at the moment, I'm just predicting wins after we win and predicting losses after we lose. And I should really just flip that. So after we lose, I predict a win. And after we win, I predict a loss because we are inconsistent FC. Um, But in this one, I'm actually... I actually... I don't know. I don't know. know. You can easily see United bouncing back and being great. You can easily see them being blown apart by West Ham applying a bit of pressure. I'm going to go for a... uh, a 2-1 win to United, go behind and come back and win it.
1: Alright. Why not? Yeah. I mean it's hard to it's hard to bet against United away from home at the moment. Uh I, I do wonder how West Ham will set up, whether they'll they will try and try and apply pressure or they'll be having to sit back in the true Moisian style. Um but uh yeah, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, two-nil, why not? That sounds comfortable, even though I've just spent 10 minutes explaining why it's not going to be comfortable. But anyway, whatever. This, 2-0 is, this it is. is
0: what this is what all those people that have us at the top top of their Spotify wrapped charts are here for. Slagging United off for 45 minutes and then you predicting a win. That's it. That's what we do. It's just what we do. You, you, hey, if you l-
1: fan service. You've got to give the fans what they want, which is rah-rah United by the end of it. That's all they remember anyway.
0: If you like the show, please tell a friend about it, because the, the people that like us really like us, but there, there's not that many of them. So um, everyone who enjoys this show, please do tell a friend that you enjoy this show too and get them the, to listen the be- to it. The
1: best way to tell a friend is by doing it through the magic of Apple Podcasts, where a five star <laughs> rating and a review does wonders.
0: But not as much as, like, I have never listened to a podcast myself because I discovered it through discoverability on Apple Podcasts. True. I've always, it's always been personal recommendations. So that the best way to tell a friend is to tell a friend. That's, that's how it works, right? All right, anyway, that's enough plug-in. I'm sure I, we've you've been listening to the same bumpers for about six months because we haven't recorded any new ones for ages. We should do that. Um, not tonight, though. It's late. Thanks, everyone, and massive thanks to producer Tom, uh, Another shout out to everyone that's been kind enough to shout us out um, this this week. Um, my number one listenings are all my sleep playlist. <laughs> so very boring every year, my Spotify right Is that
1: because it just plays through
0: the night? Uh, no, I just listen to it every day before I go to bed. Right. To, you know, so. I, I don't listen to Spotify, so... Uh, oh, are you an Apple Music guy? I have, no,
1: no, well... Um, oh, you
0: were, you, were, you were Jay-Z's one I subscriber I was Jay-Z's right best mate,
1: before. and then I dumped him because uh, Amazon Music launched a high-definition
0: uh, service for uh, half the price. I was right. just like, screw you, yep. Jay. Yeah, so it's Bezos all day, every day.
1: Yeah, he doesn't need the money, does he?
0: No, from Jay-Z to Jeff B. All right, that'll do. Um, we will see you with another one of these after the glorious victory against West Ham United. In the meantime, take good care of yourselves and massive thanks for listening. Have a good one.